My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your salvation all day long, though I know not its measure. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, O sovereign Lord. I will declare your righteousness, yours alone. Psalm 71, 15, and 16. You can tell a lot about a person by what they talk about. I mean, people all around us, they're talking about sports, they're talking about movies. Maybe they're talking about money or work or stress or fears. Maybe they're talking about family. I mean, think of all the things around you that people talk about all the time. The question here is, what do you spend your time talking about? Reset is all around you. It's all in. It's it's up everywhere in in your home. It's in your living room. It's in your bedroom. It's in your your. Uh, it's on your computer. Those little buttons that we have to reset from time to time, so that it will whatever it is, it will start working back at optimum uh, functioning. And so we're asking God as we start this brand new year, God, how would you want to do a reset in me? And um, I told you guys about several times recently. <laughs> Uh, I was most recently, even this week, it was that I had too many apps open on my phone. You've been there before, right? And your phone just slows down, and then all of a sudden you need to reset all the apps. And after I'd, after I'd closed all of the apps, I needed to reset my phone, and then everything started working right again. Jesus told us that he came so that we would have an abundant life, an optimal life. But in order for us to do that, sometimes we need to be reset by him because we just go to the wrong places, we download the wrong stuff, we get filled up with the wrong thoughts and motives and things kind of get attached to our heart. And so this has been a really good series for us. And so if you have that message outline, let me invite you to take that out. I'm going to invite you to do a couple of things. There's a little white sheet of paper there. Um, We're a note-taking church, so I want to invite you to maybe grab a pen that should be located on that seat back right in front of you. And I'm going to be inviting you today, especially in the scriptures, to underline some things and to circle some things and to maybe jot out some notes to the side. So I hope that you'll grab that pen and you'll have your Bible and you'll have those notes and we'll take some notes together. And the other thing that we're doing is we have that little sheet of paper. I think this week it's green. And it says, Jesus, please reset. And there's there's a big blank there. And so every week together, we have been asking God, thinking during during the message about what God would want to clean out what God would want to reset about us. And every week, we have a a prayer wall that we're going to build right here at the very end of the message. We're going to invite you to pray a reset prayer. Now, here's the deal. Um, I'm going to be preaching today about resetting our voices, but here's what I know. I've been out uh, before listening to a message, and God talked to me about something totally different that he wanted to come and reset in my life or to do in my life. And so, your prayer today might fit right in line with this message, but God might speak to you about resetting something else, you know, in your life. And so maybe you would write that down, you know, God, reset a relationship or reset my priorities, whatever that might be. The most important thing is that you are letting God whisper to you about your life during this time when we study God's Word. And so we're talking about resetting. Now, week number one, we talked about resetting our hearts, remember? That's really about um, our faith, our affections, and, and, and that was pivotal, and it's foundational because you, your heart has to be reset before God starts to reset other things that flow out from your heart. And so we started by saying, God, 
reset my heart. Because sometimes, remember that song we read? Sometimes we can start letting things become idols to us. We can get our priorities all messed up. We can even start having things um, really cause us impurities deep at the heart of who we are. And we need to be able to let God come and reset the button and put our purities back in the right place and put our passions in the right place and let God uh, really put our trust back in him. So that's where we started, a reset of the heart, and then everything else flows out from there. Last week, we talked about resetting our mind, and we talked about what would it look like for God to reset our mind to his glory so that we would actually think the way he wants us to think, not the way this world sometimes gets us to think. I mean, you can sit with a remote control in your hand, and you can watch your mind be controlled and sent all different directions, you know what I mean? But here's the question that we, we, we dealt with last week. What would it look like for me to start thinking God thoughts? And we read scriptures about thinking about that which is good and noble and right and pure. And we said, God, we want to have those thoughts. We want to do them thought after thought after thought. So we, many of you came in on the reset wall. You put reset prayers about your minds on the reset wall. And you were thinking, I know it because I was one of those. You were thinking all this week, God, help me to think the right thoughts. Think, and whenever you thought a bad thought, you're asking God, no, God. Give me a good thought. I'm setting my mind on things above, and I'm taking, remember what we talked about? Every thought captive to you, Jesus. That's what we were doing. Now, today I want to talk to you about what would it look like for God to reset your voice, how you talk, how you speak, what you talk about with and around other people. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, we're going to read right out of the outset a a psalm, just like we've been doing the last couple weeks, a psalm from chapter 71. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to read with me. Together, we're going to be reading on the screen, and this week, I want to invite you all to read it full voice, all right? We're going to read it all together, all right? Psalm chapter 71, we're going to read read verses 15 and 16. So read this out loud, if you will, uh, full voice. My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long. Though I know not how to relate them all, I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteous deeds, yours alone. Now, we're going to leave that scripture up there for a few minutes, but I just want to real quickly, I want you to just read that and take it all in. And on your, on your outline there, you'll notice I've bolded a couple of words, right? And it's right there in the very beginning. It says, where the psalmist said, my mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts or your salvation all day Long. Those are the words that I bolded on your outline. All day long. That's what I'm going to look like. That's what I'm going to be talking about. Now, (laughs) that's that's big, right? The psalmist was saying, my goal is all day to be talking about God. What a great, noble goal. What a BHAG. You ever heard of a BHAG before? Big, hairy, audacious goals. I mean, what a BHAG, right? Wow, God, what would it look like if I just talked about you and your mighty acts and your salvation all day long. And you, are you imagining it yet? I mean, instead of talking about the weather, instead of talking about politics, instead of talking about football, instead of talking about, some of you think I don't talk about football, uh, instead of talking about, you know, politics, instead of talking about uh, the news, instead of talking about that kind of stuff, your conversation just naturally turns back to God and what God is doing in your life and around you. Who, by the way, who does this? Who does this? I mean, the psalmist says, this is who I am. My mouth will talk about you and your saving acts and your power. All. Who does that? Literally. That's the big question, isn't it? Does anybody do this? And the answer to the question 
is not many. <laughs> not many. You know how I know this? Research tells me so. Let me give you a little couple of statistics real quickly, and, and I'm just going to put them up on the screen here. Scientific American tells us about how we speak, and they say Americans spend approximately 60% of their conversation time, 60% of their words talking about one thing. Anybody know what that one thing is? Right, you know it. Ourselves. Us. We like to talk about us, don't we? 60% of our time, we talk about us. Now, now get that in your brain. 60% of your words that come out are about you. Now, did you know this? Scientific American also did a study of, of technology and social media. You know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. And here's what happens when we begin to talk on social media. The percentage jumps to 80%. Eight, on social media, we talk about ourselves 80% of the time. It reminds me of a country song. I want to talk about me, want to talk about my, want to talk about number one, oh my, me, my, what I think, what I, you can sing, what I like, what I know, what I want, what I see. I like talking about you, 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 usually, what is it? But occasionally, I want to talk about me, right? That's right. Little Toby Keith, I want to talk about me. That's it. That's how we do it, and we do it all the time, and, 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 and I'm not a big country music fan, but I do it too, okay? We talk about us all the time, and you just go back to that thought with the psalmist, and the psalmist says, hey, I want to talk about something other than me. I want to talk about God and his mighty acts and his salvation all day long. That's the goal, guys. Now, by the way, real quickly, be, be, before we kind of go deeper, why do we talk about ourselves so much? Two reasons. You might want to write these down. Some. Why do we talk about ourselves so much? Two reasons. The first one is this. It's, it, as part of our humanity, as part of our fall, we're, we're very selfish people, okay? So there's a selfishness about us, and, and our lives, it's very easy for us to focus in on us, okay? That's one of the reasons we talk about us, because we're focused in on us all the time. We're very selfish. But the second reason is this, and you got to understand it. If they put, a, if they put little... No, nodes all over your head and they get you to talk about yourself, parts of the brain start lighting up and it, the, the parts that are, are made for enjoyment, they start lighting up when you start talking about yourself. And here's what you need to know. One of the reasons we like to talk about us is it feels good. It feels good when we talk about us, all right? And it's even biological. It's physiological. When we start to talk about us, it feels good. Now, here's what I want to challenge you on. Today, I'm inviting you to pray a prayer of reset. God, what would it look like for you to reset my words? What would it look like for my words to start to look more like your words instead of my words? What would it look like for what comes out of my mouth to actually change? And people just kind of say, you sound different. You talk different. And people to notice that my words have been reset. What would it look like if you didn't talk about yourself all the time? What would it look like if you talked about the mighty power and God's salvation all day long? Well, I'm going to go fast, but that was just the introduction, okay? Right now, I want just to invite you to pray a prayer of openness. I wonder what God would say to you about your words. Would you be open to say, God, whatever you speak over me today, let it land deep in me and bring change? Would you invite God to speak to you now? Would you pray this simple prayer with me? Just bow your heads. 
Father, we believe your word is life. In the next few minutes, we're going to turn to the Bible. We're going to turn to your words, your teachings. And I just invite you, God, to mold us and shape us. And, and may your whisper come across our ears and then burn across our hearts. And we pray that you would plant seed deep in us today as we turn to your word in such a way that it would bear fruit, fruit that lasts. That it doesn't change our conversation for a day, but it changes our conversations for a lifetime. Grow us, challenge us, form us, mold us. Plant eternity in your word in us right now. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So don't forget, while I'm preaching today, think about filling out that form and listen to God's whisper. So, um, so in one hand, follow me here, in one hand, we hear that psalmist say, I will tell of your mighty acts and your saving work all day long. And then on the other hand, we got, but I want to talk about me, right? And so how do, what is the disconnect between those two things? And how do we make those things match up and mesh up? And so here's what I want to tell you. Part of the reason that we need a reset is because over time, we just, are, we, we just take on more stuff, right? We just kind of get filled up with stuff. And over time, we'll call the reset our selfishness. Over time, the more and more and more, if you never reset, the more you just talk about you all the time. And it's, everything's about you. Your whole world is about you. And you need, that, you need God to come and push that button and kind of clear out all that selfish stuff, all that stuff that was about you. And you need to turn him back towards you. So I said, the, the research shows that not many people do what the psalmist does. Not many people. But today, I'm going to help you understand that you can run towards that promise, that, that, that picture of that psalm. You can run towards that, not as a goal, not as a stretch goal. Okay, one day I want to be that way, God. Not as a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal. You can actually do something, and you can be guaranteed that your words will change. Now, track with me before we read the next scripture. Here's, here's how this works. Those of you who've been here a couple weeks, and by the way, don't ever forget that every week we put every message on our website and on iTunes for free. If you miss a week here, and sometimes we have people that are off on work trips, they actually worship with us and listen in with us while they're away. If you missed week number one and week number two, go back and grab that stuff because it's foundational. Week number one, we said this, sometimes my heart is going to just get off, and I'm going to start trusting in other things other than God, and I'm just going to get my passions in the wrong place, and what I need is for God to come and reset me, and when he does that, all of a sudden, a couple of three, three or four things are going to just change in me, so one of the first things that's going to change is my trust is going to turn away from me, because I trust in myself a lot, and away from other stuff, and it's going to turn back to God. And we'll start trusting in him more again. But also, when he begins to touch my heart, he's going to speak to me about certain places where I've taken on more of the look of the world than him and his kingdom. And so he's going to come in and want to bring purity to me, okay? Now, watch this. Track with me. For a person whose heart is reset, and they got their heart in the right spot, the next place we went to was our mind. And last week we said, you know what? Your mind, you can only think one thought at a time. Remember that? And so think a good thought and think a holy thought. And God wants us to take every thought captive. And what would happen if we reset our minds? Now, follow me. We're going to hear from Jesus. And Jesus is going to basically teach us this. If you get a reset heart and you get a reset mind, guess what's going to start happening to your mouth? You're going to get a reset voice. 
Read with me what Jesus was teaching one time. Jesus said in the book of Matthew, verse 12, if you have your Bibles with me, I'm going to begin at verse 33. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone, that's everyone, right? I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned. Big scripture, right? Kind of a scary scripture. Can we say that together, right? All right, so let's break it down together for a minute, can we? We're just going to leave that first part up there. We're going to talk about what Jesus said about the tree, right? Make a tree good and its fruit. Let me back up for a minute. Let's think about what we've been studying here. Reset hearts and resets minds. Make a life good and its fruit will be good. Make, make a heart good. Make a heart reset. Make a mind reset. Make a mind good. Make a heart good and its fruit. Will be, and its voice and its mouth and its words and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, have a heart that's bad, have a, have a heart that is not reset, have a, have a mind that is not reset, and its fruit and its words and its deeds and, its, and, its, and, and it, all those things will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. Are you seeing where Jesus is going? See, sometimes I look at Jesus and I think Jesus is just like, I think, I think Jesus is like us kind of, you know, like a preacher, right? He thinks he's got several different teaching stops along the way, so he went and got with God and said, okay, God, what do you want my teaching points to be for today? And he asked God to line up his teaching points, and he came up with these clever ideas, and see, that's not what happened at all. What happens is that Jesus every day met with his father, and he got, his heart was just right, his heart and his mind were right, they were zoned in, and then when a young lawyer steps up and says, hey, what's the most important commandment? Jesus doesn't have to go back to his teaching points. Jesus has his heart and his mind in the right place, and his mouth begins to speak what is good and right. When he says, love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. Out of his mouth flow the goodness of his heart and his mind because he's been spending that time with the Father, right? See, if you really understand and you can get, Jesus is telling us, he's giving us the pattern of his life. He says, if you make a tree good, the fruit's going to be good. But if it's been tainted and if it's bad and if it's poisoned and if it's got junk in it, what will come out of it will be junk. Now watch what happens. By the way, this isn't a passage, Mark, Mark chapter 12 is a passage, where Jesus has just healed a guy. He healed a guy. You would think everybody would be excited when Jesus healed a guy, right? They weren't. As a matter of fact, they were scared when they saw Jesus do something so powerful. And several of them looked at Jesus and they pointed at him and said, He's demonic. He's got Satan. He's Beelzebub. And they started saying bad things about Jesus. <laughs> and as you can tell, got Jesus a little bit ticked, right? Because he was doing a good work of the Father in this young man's life. And so what does he say in the next thing? He says, you brood of vipers. I mean, he lays it out there. You snakes. You snakes. And then he says, how can you who are evil? These, these people had some rough stuff in their hearts. They were out for their own gain, their own... They, they were just... They were doing all the wrong stuff with all the wrong motives, and Jesus knew it. He says, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? They were pointing at the Messiah, the Son of God, and they were saying, you're Satan. They had it all backed up, right? It's all... Talk about somebody needed a reset. They needed a major reset. And notice what he says. For... If you got your pen, you should underline this. For the mouth speaks 
what the heart is full of. There it is. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Can I just talk to the dads in the room? Your mouth this week is going to speak whatever your heart is full of. Moms, you get that? Your mouth and the words that will come out of your mouth will speak whatever is in your heart. I didn't come up with that. That's Jesus showing us the way, right? For the mouth speaks whatever the heart is full of. Let me tell you how, how this kind of works. So I've been every week, just like you, I've been bowing my knee, and I've been putting resets on, that, on this prayer wall as well, you know? God, reset my heart. I've been focusing in my own personal life on purity and on trusting God and trying to be a man of faith and, and on my mind, taking every thought captive, having my mind zoned in. This past week, um, I had a moment, and this is how moments happen. These moments will happen to you. They have happened to you. They will happen to you. I had a moment. I was at a hotel, and um, I was, had several days at this hotel, and there was a young man that, that I've known. I actually don't know him very well, but I've known his family for a very, very, very long time. And I just felt like God was saying to me, you need to get with him. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in his life, but you need to get with him, and you need to pour into that young man. Well, time didn't allow, time didn't allow, and one night it was super late, and I'm at the hotel, and I'm actually, you know that little place where they serve the breakfast, you know? I'm actually there meeting with a couple of people, and uh, I see this guy walk in to the lobby. There he is. And I hear the small whisper of God say, this is your moment, this is your moment. Now, can I just tell you, I was tired. You ever been there before? You've been tired before? And, and I was thinking to myself, now, I, I'm, I was about ready to turn up, you know, head up to the hotel room. I want some peace and quiet. I've been around people all day long, you know. I had a pillow calling my name, you know what I mean? And yet, at the same moment, I thought, you're right, God. And so I seized that moment. I just went and, and called him my name, and I said, hey, can you spend a few minutes with me? And we sat down together right there in the little place in the middle of the hotel, you know, the little breakfast nook. And we began to talk about life and the challenges that life has for him. And, and I began to talk to him about God and what God might be doing and how God's call might be over his life. And we just spent some time talking. We ended that time in prayer. We ended that time in prayer. But I knew that God had appointed me to speak a word of life over him, a word of hope, a word of encouragement. Now, can I tell you, I just want to confess, confess something to you. I'm your preacher, I'm your pastor, and I'm going to confess something to you. If I was not in this series, I might have missed that moment, okay? If I was not in the place of having my heart, heart reset and my mind reset, you know what might have been calling my name and, well, as, as I sat there? That pillow, right? That pillow and that little time away in my, in, my, in my hotel room. But here's the deal. When you have a reset heart and a reset mind, those things that you would normally kind of be distracted from and not let them, you know, seize those moments to speak for God they don't become so distracting anymore. You let those things go. You're not focused on those things. So that, for some of you, that might be something like, a moment by myself. I just want to get away. I don't want to, you know, or that might be a stress, you know. In those moments, what happens is you don't let stress derail you. You, you seize in upon that moment. I was getting dressed knowing that I'm today talking to you about what does it look like to reset our voice. And God gave me another word for that young man who is two states away. And today when church is over and after our New Connections class, when I'm driving home, I have purpose in my heart to call him on the phone and to give him a very specific word, a word of encouragement that I know God gave me for his life. And what I'm trying to tell you is what Jesus says is so true. 
If we will get reset hearts and reset minds, what flows out of that can be a reset voice. We can begin to sound totally different. And, and we can begin to tell of God's mighty acts and His salvation all throughout the day. That can become who we become. Instead of the people who are always talking about weather, football, the news, politics, and, and what you ate for dinner last night. We can become that kind of people. And it's not just a goal. Follow me here. You might want to write the word out to the side of Matthew 12, 33, 7. Here's the guarantee. Write that word. Guarantee. Here's the guarantee. The mouth will speak whatever the heart is full of. That's the guarantee. And so you need to know that and, and allow God to fill up your heart and to fill up your mind. Here's, what, here's the beautiful thing. When your heart and your mind is full of Jesus, guess what happens? Jesus just starts coming out in your words. He does. But you've got to get your heart and your mind full of Jesus. And then all of a sudden, he will stop, start popping out of your words. Now, real quickly, if you've got that picture, let's go back to Jesus. Jesus was a master at this. I mean, he did it all the time, every day. Jesus was the, the personification of that psalm. He told about the mighty acts and the salvation of God all throughout his day. And so on my notes, I just wrote myself some notes about those moments where I just thought about where Jesus just spoke life. His disciples are on a boat. The wind and the waves are threatening their lives. Jesus walks out, and out of, his, out of his mouth comes life. He tells the winds and the waves, peace, be still. And the wind and the waves and the chaos, even that obeys him because his mouth spoke life, truth. His mouth spoke power. See, Jesus had a way of speaking life and encouragement and hope all the time. Do you remember the woman at the well? who came, who had been, you know, she'd been divorced and divorced and divorced and all these different times, and now she was with another guy and she wasn't even married, and she comes to Jesus. Remember what Jesus says to her? Out of his mouth, he looks at her and he takes water and he teaches her. He says, you know, everybody that comes this well is going to be thirsty again, but those who drink of me will have eternal life. You remember those words? Out of his, out of his mouth comes life. This was Jesus' way every day. He's walking across the beach. There's some guys who are fishermen. You know, he looks at him, he says, Come, follow me, and I'll help you fish for people. Jesus' mouth did this over and over again. Mary and Martha are crying at, at, at Lazarus' funeral, right? They're crying, Jesus, where were you? Jesus says, wait, wait, wait. Don't you believe that he will be resurrected? They said, yes, on the last day we know that he will be resurrected. Jesus said, wait, I am the resurrection and the life. You remember that? I don't even know that they understood it, but all of a sudden they had life spoken all over them from the one who spoke the, the, the world into existence. Light just poured all over them. I am the resurrection. And then minutes later, what else would come of his mouth? Lazarus, come forth. Jesus spoke this way all the time. There was a man who, who had a, 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 a child who could not be healed, and Jesus looked at him and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. The disciples were upset that Jesus told them he was going to leave. He said to them, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And he began to tell them the life and the truth that was there, right? And then even before he left the planet, you remember what he said? He said, I will come again. Jesus lived this way. And I guess what I'm saying is, track with me here. Track with me here. If 
phenomenal, life-transforming thought, if you could get this. In Jesus' big plan, He has chosen only one time to walk this planet. And then after that one small moment in time, He said, after this, I'm going to put my spirit inside of you. And then grab this thought. And then if you will, if you will live every day with a reset heart, not taking all that junk and that stuff that clogs up the system, a reset heart. And if you will let your mind be reset, think good, high, noble, righteous thoughts. If you will take every captive thought captive to me, follow me. There are some things that I, this is Jesus, would like to say to your sons and daughters. That I would like to say to your co-workers. That I would like to say to your next door neighbor. But I want to say them through you. I want to say it through your mouth. I want to speak a word through you. Do you realize how important this resetting of the voice is? And by the way, you can't do it first. The first thing is, you got to start here. Because Jesus said, remember, out of the heart, right? Out of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? I just think it's a beautiful thing that God wants to use you. And why? We mess it up all the time. Why would he still want to use us? He has faith in us that we would be his mouthpiece. And Jesus says, I want to speak through you, but you got to get your heart right and you got to get your mind right in order for me to speak through you. Are you getting what I'm talking about here today? And do you realize how important it is for us to get our voices reset? Literally, lives are depending on it. People who are hungry for encouragement, hope, and purpose, and direction. That young man that I knew God wanted me to give him some directionary words. I, I prayed they weren't from me. I prayed they were from Jesus. This is God's game plan to use us in that way. So a couple of things. I always give you a couple of points to hold on to. So you got your pen. Write down a couple of, um, what would you call these? These are consequences. These are things to think about. These are, what are the implications? These are the implications of a, of a, of a heart and a mind and now a voice that is reset. All right? So number one, write this one. Don't be surprised if you're given opportunities to speak up for God. If you've got your heart and your mind in the right place, then God's going to lead you into opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And you might, if you're, if you, it's very easy to go, wait, really? All of a sudden, God's spirit prompts you and says, hey, grab them, stop here, talk right this. Right? And then you go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I didn't, I don't know what to say, right? What I'm telling you is, don't be surprised if you get your heart right and your mind right that God would reset your voice and he's going to lead you into opportunities with people and, and, and in those moments, he's, he wants you to make the most of it, to make the most of the opportunity. Look at that scripture I put for you. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. But be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. And you might want to underline this. Making the most of every opportunity. God will give you opportunities, and you have to make the most of the opportunities. So the first implication of a reset voice is don't be surprised, but welcome it. Welcome it all of a sudden if God invites you into a moment. Write this one down. Implication number two of a reset heart, mind, and now voice. 
Implication number two, when those opportunities surface, do not be shy about seizing it because it's not about you. It's about God and what God wants to do. Do not be shy about seizing that moment. Stephen, what does that look like? All of a sudden, you're you're in the middle of a cubicle in your office or or you're you're in your front yard or your backyard, and all of a sudden, you have a moment with your next-door neighbor you didn't know you were going to have. You're you're pushing the shopping cart in the middle of Walmart, and oh, Nancy, what's happening? And this is a moment. And then I'm I'm not saying that that every moment is this way, but I know what it's like, and you probably do too, that all of a sudden, God begins to prompt you with a word. What are we to do in those moments? The high school students in their hallway, and they, they, they come across a friend who is struggling with depression or struggling with this or complaining about that, has their whole mind flipped upside down and all of this, and you're a Christian. This is an opportunity, number one, would you be surprised? Number one, you've got a reset heart and a reset mind. Would you be surprised if this opportunity came your way? You're standing in the middle of the hallway. God brought you the opportunity. Don't be surprised at it. But then number two, step into that moment because you are God's light. You are God's ambassador in that moment. Well, Stephen, I don't know what to say. Nobody does, all right? Hey, let me just free you up. Nobody knows what to say in that moment. Look at that scripture that I left for you there in the book of Matthew. Jesus said it this way. I'll give you the right words at the right time. We just have to trust that God is in this thing and that he will give us the right words at the right time. I like the, in my outline, I underline, I underline the word right. Not, not, you know, Stephen's words, I mean God's words. He will give us the right words at the right time. And so you just trust in that moment. And do you get it all perfect? You just, you, you speak. You speak for God. You try to have a reset voice and watch this. You speak for God. You try to have a reset voice and you trust God to do with your words what God wants to do. You don't know what the right words are at the right time. Can I tell you this? I'm preaching a message to you today and I don't know if they're the right words at the right time, but I trust him. And so I'll say what God's called me to say and I'll trust that it's God's right words at God's right time for us and at least for one person here. I've read this scripture to you before. I want to read it to you again because when I get in that moment and I don't know exactly what to say, but I'm trusting for the right words at the right time, I go to this scripture. Let me read this scripture with you. It's, it's actually... Um, from the book of Psalms 139. By the way, phenomenal chapter. You know, have you read Psalm 139? Everybody knows Psalm 139? If you don't know Psalm 139, read Psalm 139. Phenomenal chapter. Psalm 139. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. I love this scripture. You know, it, it, it tells me a few things. That God's thoughts of every person he's put on this planet. He, the psalmist is saying, God, your thoughts to me are just so big. They're so vast. You have so many thoughts about me. He, said, he gives us a metaphor. He says, if I were to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. I, I hold this scripture. I want you to track with me here. I hold this scripture in the back of my mind for those opportunities. When I feel like God's called me to share, but I don't know that I have the right words. And I remember what the psalmist said. Whoever I'm talking with, talking to Jayla right now, whoever I'm talking with, here's what I know about every person I ever talk with. And I'll say this specifically for Jayla. 
God's thoughts for you are vast. If we were to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand on this planet. And in those moments that I'm talking with somebody, I pray a very simple prayer. I can't know all the thoughts that God has about Jayla. This is my prayer. Jesus, just give me one grain of sand. If you would just give me one grain of sand right now, I'll give it to her. Your thoughts about her. When I begin to pray that prayer, it takes me to a little place. Um, in my mind, it's called Carabas. Okay, you ever, you ever been to Carabas? Um, my wife and I have certain little date spots that we go to and that, that are special to me in my heart. And for some reason, and I can't even tell you when this was, but I remember Julie and I going to Carabas on a date night and there were no kids. <sighs> there were no kids, right? And it was just me and Julie. And I remember that it must have been an especially busy season of my life because after the drink came and that bread, you know that bread, that bread came and all that kind of stuff. I was there. I was just, you know, getting all the, you know, starting the bread. And, starting, and I remember just some moment happening where just kind of time stood still. And I looked across the table and I looked at my wife's eyes and I felt like, I'm embarrassed to say this, I guess life was too busy at that moment. But I looked across the table and I looked into Julie's eyes and there was like a thought that flowed over me like, I love those eyes. And I realized that we had not spent the kind of time we needed to and that was why God had given me that moment. So I didn't really care about the rest of the food. That night sitting at that table in Carabas was going to be about me telling Julie how much I love her. And, and, and I'd love to say that my thoughts about Julie are as many as the same, but I'm not God, okay? I have a limited number of sand and other, hey, men in the room, we have, some of us have limited thoughts than others, right? We're not the brightest bulbs in the shed. But anyway, um, I, I remember that night, me talking to Julie and just telling her a thought after a thought after a thought. I remember her telling me a thought after a thought after a thought and reminding me of how much she loved me and me telling her how much I loved her. When I, when I remind myself of that moment, and it can be a stranger. Or it can be a guy in a hotel breakfast nook. I'm sitting there and we're talking. And I'm remembering that God loves them so much. And that God's thoughts of them outnumber the sands of the, 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 the grains of sand on the planet. And if God would just give me one thought, I will try to let it come out of these lips. A thought of hope. A thought of life. A thought of encouragement thought of challenge. So where do we go with this? Hey, hey, can y'all, whoever builds a prayer wall, can y'all build that for us real quickly? Can you go ahead and do that for me? I don't know who that is. Are they here? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Somebody's going to move. Somebody's going to help us. While they build this prayer wall, I just want to, I want you, I want to, hey, follow me, track with me here. Don't let them building the prayer wall lose you, okay? Y'all heard the radio the last couple of years. There's been a song on there called Say Something. You ever heard that song? Say Something, I'm Giving Up on You. I think that, I think, I think it's a song on the radio by a band called uh, Great Big World or something like that. I don't know the band. And listen, I'm not endorsing the song. Don't get me wrong. When I first heard that song, it, it's a very emotional song. When I first heard that song, it, it didn't really grab me. 
And the more I listened to the song, I was drawn to it. And I think that's, the, I think that's why the song became famous. I think there's a draw to the song. Because in the song, in the song, if you remember that song, Say Something, I'm Giving Up On You, it's like two people are in a relationship, and, and, the, and the one who's singing, the one who's still talking, is talking and talking and talking, but the other one has shut down, and they're quiet, and they're just there. And, and the one who's singing is saying, I'm about to give up on us, but I need you to say something. I need you to say something to me. Just say anything to show me that I matter to you. That's the whole point of the song, right? If you can get that idea that, that, of that song, what I want to tell you metaphorically is that we live in a world like that. And they may not be crying out for you to speak to them, but there are people all around you who are hurting and desperate and lonely. That their thought life and their world is upside down and, and they don't know. They don't know right. They don't know good. They don't know which way to go next. They, this young man I was sitting with in, in a in a little hotel nook, he just didn't know his next step. And I knew God was calling me to try to help him, but it's just his next step. We are surrounded by people who are there saying, say something. Say something. And I would tell you that I believe that's Jesus. I think Jesus is also wanting us to say something. And every one of us, if we were to be really honest, we've been in that moment where we felt like God was calling us, and we didn't. We didn't say something. Maybe our heart wasn't reset in the right place. Maybe our mind wasn't reset in the right place. I don't know. But we bowed out of that moment. Let me go back to my two takeaways. When your heart and your mind is reset, don't, don't, be, a, don't be surprised when God leads you into an opportunity. He's sending you into that moment. He's giving you that opportunity for Him. Don't be surprised. Seize it in that moment. And understand this is not about me. This is about God. And God is wanting to speak through me. He's wanting to reset my voice. And I will proclaim the mighty acts of my God. And I will tell of his salvation all day long. That was the ministry of Jesus. That was the ministry of the psalmist. And that's who you've been called to be. What would it look like for you? to have a reset voice to the glory of God. Well, you've got that little green sheet of paper. Hopefully you got a pen. Together, we're just going to come and we're going to put our resets up here and we'll say, God, we need you to reset us. Grab your paper, grab your pen. I'm going to lead you in prayer and then I'm going to invite you to come and have Jesus reset us. In the next few minutes, Jesus, as we come, we have, we've prayed these, these foundational prayers of our heart and our mind now we're praying that you would reset our voice. And there will be other prayers that will be attached to this wall. But at the end of the day, this is a prayer of surrender. It's a prayer of us coming before you saying, God, reset my priorities. Reset my boldness. Reset my courage. Reset my willingness to respond to you in those moments. Reset me, Jesus, I pray. Do that for us in the next few minutes, we pray. Amen. I'm going to go get my sheet. I'll meet you at the wall.